I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Chuck Oliver Show. It's hour two on a Wednesday, and it's the Wednesday of Championship Saturday, which means it's the Wednesday of Playoff Seed Sunday. That used to be a brunch thing. In fact, I remember that year that Bowlesby tried to uh, finagle Baylor and TCU in. I was I was truly eating brunch, and my wife pointed, and I was like, "What?" I turned around and looked at the TV above the bar, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Then my French toast went cold. Because I was watching those playoff bids come in. I was like, oh, boy. Didn't Oregon get the four seed? And then they beat Florida State out in the rows. Now, why would that have happened? Why would have Florida State gone all the way out there as the one seed then in the playoffs? Florida State would have had to – was that two and three? Dan. Actually, you know what? We have enough of a relationship that Dan is already on it. Before I even squawked his name, Dan is already looking at it. Give me the playoff seeds in 2014. But it used to be a noon thing. And that is not the case anymore. Yeah, I know for sure Alabama was number one. So I think Ohio State was number four. That's what it was. Because remember, they got in. And oh, that's exactly like, what it was. Yeah, so Florida State and Oregon were two and three. How can you? Because was that the year that Ohio State got crushed by Iowa? No, no. That's that. that yeah, that's the year that Ohio State came back with the third quarterback as the four seed and won in New Orleans. We actually lost. The, that was 14, right? Yeah. That was when we lost to Virginia Tech at home. Oh. Oh, that's right. That was that's, JT like Barrett. We, he gave up that um, two or so. Fumbled it or yeah. gave it an interception. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And so um, as the four seed, and that was the story, Ohio State's comeback, because they, they were wearing the white jerseys in New Orleans. So um, Tim O'Malley, by the way, of the coachless Irish. <laughs> Tim O'Malley uh, from Irish Illustrated. Uh, we'll be coming up in about 10 minutes, and we will talk about uh, Notre Dame as they, I guess, cross their fingers because they don't have anything to do this weekend. They don't have a coach. They don't have a game. So it's kind of okay. Um, and they're going to see how it plays out this weekend and if they're able to get in the playoffs somehow. We'll be talking to him in about 10 minutes, bottom of the hour. Russ Mitchell, of course, uh, college football news, Heisman voter, all of that stuff. We talk to Russ every single Wednesday during the season. That's coming up right now. I'm going to get you up to date. Everything you need to know about college football every single day. This is CFB 365. How you living, Biggie Smalls? Uh, headline, Michigan moves to second in CFP rankings. 
the coachless Irish I was just talking about. They're sixth. But Michigan, talk about making a jump. And when you drop a hammer on Ohio State like that, you should. Georgia won. Michigan all the way up to two. Could not be more impressed with that. Alabama and Cincinnati are in the top four as well. Oklahoma State going into the Big 12 championship game as a one-loss team. Oklahoma State is fifth. And they're playing number nine, Baylor. Wouldn't I don't either team. That's a either team could win that. And especially if Baylor gets quarterback, uh, Bohannon in the lineup. Um and so Baylor would give the Big 12, again, that's a two-loss conference champion. It wouldn't go. Uh, Notre Dame is sixth right now. No games left, no coach. So they're just kind of waiting and seeing what the math equation is. They need Georgia because Georgia's in regardless. They would need Georgia to kick Bama out, et cetera. Headline, Louisiana Tech taps Texas Tech's Cumbie as head coach. Sonny Cumbie, who was the OC for the Red Raiders, he's going over to take over for Skip Holtz. Do we know how long Skip Holtz was at Louisiana Tech? I think it was nine years or eight years. Wow. Had a stop at South Florida, had been at East Carolina. He left East Carolina, had some success down there in Tampa for a minute. Boom. Actually didn't. Uh, Not enough. And then uh, on to Louisiana Tech. Told you yesterday, Virginia Tech hires Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry. He is the new head coach there. Uh, Washington got Kalen DeBoer. Talked about him with Bartu yesterday. Uh, it is official, LSU and Brian Kelly. The the contract's worth at least $95 million, and now all has been signed. Uh, and this is why you need to care, folks, because it's not that you care about FIU, but they may be coming for your – FIU hires UCF Scott Carr – as school's athletic director. So you're not going to hire a head coach from an interim athletic director. Um, He had been working six years in the athletic department at UCF in Orlando. You're not going to hire a new head coach, not not often, uh, without having an athletic director. And so, again, it's not because, for instance, FIU is coming for Nick Saban, but they could be coming for the running backs coach or so. Consider yourself up to date. All right, let's take a break. We will come back, talk a little Notre Dame football. Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Chuck Oliver Show continuing on this Wednesday. Appreciate everybody getting in. Nine states, 55 sticks. This is what we do every single day. Uh, I told you yesterday that the tally was 49 years, basically half a century, since the head coach at Oklahoma, left Oklahoma to take another head coaching job anywhere. It had been 50 years. Chuck Fairbanks was the head coach, and after the 72 season, he left to go coach the Patriots in the NFL, which you understand is the NFL. That's what you do. Um, Notre Dame, the Irish head coach, leaving to take another job. Folks, I, I can't identify one. In fact, you know, you, I just said, well, of course you leave college. You know, Jimmy Johnson, he left college to go to the pros. It's what you do. There's a guy named Dan Devine. He left the Packers to go to Notre Dame. So I don't know if it's ever happened in my lifetime that the Notre Dame head coach left to take another head coaching job somewhere. It happened on the same day as the OU coach left. 
want to welcome on right now a guy who uh, I'm sure he's got smoke flying off his fingers. Uh, IrishIllustrated.com is where you can read his writings. It is Tim O'Malley. Tim, brother, welcome back. How are you today? Hey, thanks. You want to talk about, like, the secondary or something for Notre Dame? A little preview of the, of the bowl game? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, which power fire yeah, rotation bowl they may fall to. Um <laughs> All right, well, give me your timeline. When did you realize that it wasn't the NFL, which is what we always talked about with Brian Kelly, sure. that it was real? He was leaving for another college job. When did it, like, get real on your radar? Uh, yeah, it was Monday. We heard a little bit about it. I landed. I stayed actually for the 49er game. I stayed out in Palo Alto, San Francisco. I was coming home Monday. Heard a little bit about it over the weekend, but those were the type of sources that, uh, well, I guess I'm going to start listening to, but that are like, hey, I have a friend at LSU that says this is happening, which is, you know, not something you're always following up on completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talked to some people that really would be in the know at Notre Dame. They're like, no, he's coming home to uh, to quell these rumors, to uh, you know, to say he's staying at Notre Dame. And our first thought was, Maybe he shouldn't be flying home from the West Coast instead of just still recruiting. And that turns out that's what he was flying home for, to do something different. So I would say it went from thinking he was staying to realizing how weird that was from about 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. And all of a sudden, you knew it was coming. All right. Um, the the why is next. And I, I will say, it's like Notre Dame, that job, it ain't for everybody. It was for Brian Kelly, but it's not for everybody because there is a lot of crossing and dotting, and you don't have to be as crude as maybe Paul Hornig, but, but the, there, there, are, there are strings on you, man. Um, and I got to imagine it's easier to recruit Kayshawn Butte when you can tell him, oh, and you don't have to take calculus as a freshman. Um, just talk about some of the things beyond the money that may have led a guy who got it. He, he, he was Notre Dame. Led him to go, yeah, I'm out. You know, obviously money is part of it, but he, he, he would have had plenty at Notre Dame, and he didn't even ask them to, to match, according to Jack Swarbrick. Um, I do believe he thinks it is much easier to win a national title, which is his last step, at a power school that's not Notre Dame. So you're looking at Alabama, USC, LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, then you probably throw Notre Dame into the rest of them, right? I think that that's what, what the situation is now, and I elevated Georgia. I realize that because they're number one. They've been mm-hmm. to the finals. But, um, he actually has mentioned on a multiple occasions that he wanted more upgrades to the facilities. Now, they have a really, really nice new practice center that went up during COVID and has since been enhanced. Um, they don't have a great football office compared to, I would say, most of the top Power 5 programs or even the Power 5 programs. That is under renovation or going under renovation. is about an $80 million grant for it. So they are that's going to happen, but I think there was a little bit of drag in their feet. Uh, Jack Schwarberg denied that. I, you know, what are you going to say when you're standing up there? No, our facilities aren't as good as LSU's. That's not, those aren't the words that come out of your mouth. You know what, Tim? Yeah. That's a good question. It was my fault he left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's an arms race, and Brian Kelly said he, I think he felt like he'd get more support to win a national title elsewhere. And maybe that is true because, you know what, you mentioned it, you do have to come in and take freshman year calculus. You do. They do want you to graduate in three and a half years now is the new thing. Ugh. So if you yeah, if you leave the school, you can go to grad transfer out. I mean, it helps with the marginal players that they that they graduate in three and a half years because then they have a Notre Dame degree and they go play at a lower level. It does not help with good players because those guys are going pro. So it's really not that beneficial. I think it helps with the bottom of the roster management. I don't know why it became a thing, especially since Stanford kind of encourages five years, you know, that you're going in three and a half. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it, it's tough, and I'm sure he will in some way be able to use that when he's recruiting against Notre Dame because, you know, they recruit everywhere. Um, 
I, he embraced it for a while, but maybe he just realized, hey, I'm embracing something that's a lot harder. And uh, the next coach is going to have to embrace that too. But I think, I, well, I know Brian Kelly left the program in very good standing as opposed to when he took it over. God, I want to bend your ear for a completely anecdotal story you just reminded me of that I don't think I've ever told on the air. When I was doing Conference USA Game of the Week, David Bailiff was the head coach at Rice. And, you know, I mean, that's 300 grand for the education there. Sure, sure. He was telling me one week before, you know, when you have the coaches calls, he said, and Chuck, I want you to know on the recruiting trail, I tell every kid at Rice, we expect within 10 years of you graduating that you have paid back the value of that scholarship. I blurted out. I was like, coach, stop doing that. Yeah. I was like, you, you, you need to get off the academic high horse, brother, um, yes. because you don't win by raising money. I mean, you don't keep your job by raising money for the school. You keep your job by winning. And, of course, David Bailiff ain't the coach there anymore. Right. That, right. that stuff is real, and it's 25 hours a day for a guy like the Notre Dame head coach, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. And, I, you know, when we're getting into candidates and everything, that it, it gets tough because – Brian Kelly was as well prepared to be a head coach at a power five level as anybody that could have come out in that year period. He was 2009. You figure eight, nine, 10. He's, he's the best suited for it. And he still had a couple years of what became learning on the job because there's just more going on to get Notre Dame. I can't speak to coaching at Alabama. Obviously there's different, there would be different strings pulling you different ways when Nick Saban leaves. That's going to be, that's going to be a tough act to follow. But I just mean, anytime at Notre Dame, it is hard when it's your first job. That's why there's mild trepidation, just a little bit from all of us that no defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman is going to be a great head coach someday. It sure is hard to learn on the job. Um, you're not going to find a single person you call though that covers Notre Dame that isn't going to endorse that hire. Uh, I think that's something to get out there. And, of course, Jack Swarbrick is smarter than all of us, so he is going to figure out the best way of going about this and not just hire the loyal assistant that's up and coming. All right. Um, This is going to be some projection by you, and it's also some opinion by you. Uh, How do you think after this Saturday, Friday night and Saturday's games play out, uh, where do the Irish – where do the Irish land? Are they in or are they out? Yeah. They're not, they're, I think they're just out. I don't think all those teams are going to win because it's college football and you've seen what's been going on. I mean, for crying out loud, Chuck, over, a little bit of over to the top coverage in oh, Alabama God. right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a uh, – oh, another anecdote, by the way, for you. Brian Kelly talked about that post-game Stanford. That's how loose he was. I think he knew he might have been going somewhere. Oh, awesome. But he, said, he said, how do you blow that coverage when he came into the press conference? Because oh, he was watching it on the field. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, one of those teams is going to lose. I, I mean, I know there's ten-and-a-half-point favorites in Cincinnati and Michigan. I know Georgia's the best team in the country, but, I mean, they do have Alabama. That, now, that doesn't really help Notre Dame, though. So, that's, that's unfortunately, the most likely loss barely helps Notre Dame, right? Uh, it's that because if Alabama happens to upset them, or that what that upset would not help Notre Dame. No. So you need Cincinnati, two of Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Michigan to lose. And you really got to hope. Well, that would do it, two of them, I suppose. But, you know, you really got to hope that if Georgia goes and plays Alabama, it's not the all-time classic SEC game that is 24-22 in overtime. You need a solid look how much better Georgia is than Alabama win because otherwise – that two-loss Alabama is going to be pitted against no Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, with a down schedule that was supposed to be hard that trended yeah. to the trended to the awful, really, for Notre Dame standards. I mean, normally you have four or five ranked teams. It was it's one, and they just lost. You know, aside from Cincinnati, of course. It, is there is that just the coaching thing? Um, I know we've already talked Marcus Freeman and all. What about is is there a timeline you suspect? Is it Sunday morning after championship Saturday, like so many other programs, or is Notre Dame they don't have to wait? I mean, what's the what, what do you what do you suspect? You know, 
if it's not sooner, it's not Marcus Freeman because he has an offer from Brian Kelly to go to yeah. LSU as yeah. the offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. And honestly, I don't know if, if the committee would really penalize Notre Dame for not having Brian Kelly, although they did say it. Sometimes, you know, the committee likes to say things out there so they have a reason to do something. Yeah. I can't, man, that's a tough thing to do. To, if, if, if two teams lose and it's between Notre Dame and two lost Alabama and it was a heck of a game, I think Alabama gets in. But if three teams lose, Notre Dame's in, right? I mean, you're not all of a sudden elevating Baylor, two loss over them, or Ohio State. Oh, no, 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 no. So it is, you need a couple things to happen for sure. You could use, you could use some cushion and have all, all the stuff happen. Um, I think it goes past the weekend because I'm used to Notre Dame and, and how they handle things. If, if, the, if they had two losses right now, this would go well past the weekend. Um, but you have to consider Freeman can leave. You have to consider that mid-December now is early signing day, and they have a great class they want to keep. And, of course, they're in the running. So, I mean, whatever type of running they're in, they're in the running. And uh, all of a sudden you see a loss on Saturday afternoon to Cincinnati, and there's one domino that just fell. You probably you probably got to start getting yourself a coach, right? I mean, you have to name a coach at some point. Otherwise, if the committee keeps you out because of that, that is on you as Notre Dame. Yeah, Tommy Reese suddenly a uh, hot property too. That man's about to make a million and a half, two million dollars a year. Good for him, uh, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Pre- appreciate you as always, brother. IrishIllustrated.com is the website. We'll talk to you soon, man. Hey, thanks a lot, Chuck. All right, again, uh, Tim O'Malley. Get him on Twitter at Tim O'Malley. ND and Tommy Reese, um, it's been it's been an ascension, man. Uh, it has been, if not north, pretty dang straight, close to north for him. And to be the OC and have he had <clears throat> he had plenty of good players at at Notre Dame, and I, when I, that's not even enough. Um, he had plenty of championship caliber players at Notre Dame. He didn't have enough, and here's the th- he didn't have nearly enough. Like, Kyron Williams, I think, is a championship-level player. They may have had three tight ends there that were championship caliber, uh, left tackles, and now they got a freshman who may be the next one there. Um, And last year, guards. I mean, just you name it. They've got all kinds of talent there. He hadn't had nearly enough. And, like, I heard a story that when Jimbo Fisher showed up in Tallahassee, I've told this before. Do you remember a guy named Preston Parker? He's a running back, wide receiver, kick return, whatever. He sh- Jimbo showed up at Tallahassee, got a firsthand look at the roster, was like, what in the world has happened here? He said, this kid, Preston, he's the only NFL player on offense. He's like, what in the world has happened here? It's not that level at Notre Dame, but it'll be an eye-opener if he walks into that practice facility at Baton Rouge. Uh, and gets a look at the caliber of kid already on the roster for LSU, much less the the caliber of kid that they're going to get in another couple of weeks with the early signing period in February. King of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now, more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Got a lot of common ground with our next guest uh and some of it came into play yesterday i uh, was broadcasting from a place called the atlanta community food bank this giant facility down near the airport in atlanta where um that's where the flagship is and last year 
The Atlanta Community Food Bank donated more than 96 million meals. Because folks donating money, they were able to distribute 96 million meals. And our next guest, he's talked about that as well, especially this time of year when it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, it's a lot of food on the table, hopefully for a lot of folks who are around people they love uh, and maybe helping out that pursuit. Want to welcome on. We're going to talk college football as well. Uh, from college football news, you've heard him on Sirius, ESPN, you name it. It is Russ Mitchell. Brother, how you doing today? Really good, kicking tires, lighting fires, and and thank you for doing that. Uh, I know that I'm sure there's a lot of very happy bellies out there for everybody and donating uh, money to your neighbors and that or food, and that's great. That's wonderful. And I want to like plant a little mustard seed for folks. A lot of things we don't think about sometimes. I certainly didn't because I don't have kids. we got a lot of kids that, you know, everybody knows they're going to be out of school for two and a half, three weeks coming up. Um, what folks may not realize, especially if you're of a different level of blessing, is yeah. for a lot of kids, that free lunch or, or reduced lunch or breakfast at school, that's the only right. meal they know they're having every day. And so yeah, there's about to be three weeks where there ain't no food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's this crosses all political parties and colors and everything. You know, I mean, if you're hungry, you're you're hungry, and if you've never experienced it, you know, it's uh, you know, it's really sucks, especially if you're a kid, because you know, if you're a kid, you don't you're not really in a position to take care of that. You know, so anyway, really appreciate everybody helping out, and always keep that in mind when when you have an opportunity to contribute. I appreciate you helping out. All right, well, let's talk college football as well. LSU got themselves yes. a head coach. Uh, give me the Russ Mitchell <laughs> flyover, man. Uh, well, I mean, he's the most successful coach that LSU's ever hired. I mean, they've never hired uh, – the head coach of Notre Dame <laughs> just left Notre Dame to come to the SEC, which if you wanted more validation on how good – that conference is, you know, I, I guess you can only get kicked in the face so many times before you're like, you know, I'm tired of getting kicked in the face. It's the same thing with Riley going to USC. It's like, what difference does it make if, you know, if you get to the dance, if the girl you brought kicks you in the face? I, I think it's a great point you bring up about the SEC, great enough to bring the Notre Dame head coach. And I'm not just being, yeah. like, reactionary and chest out here. I think that this was a big factor. The SEC is great enough that it ran off the OU head coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That chicken, you know what. Um, let's let's hold him off for a second. And uh, I'm so pe- – okay, I have so much I want to say about Riley. But just to focus here, Dan – Balkan uh, USA Today wrote a column yesterday, and he was totally wrong, <laughs> completely and totally wrong. He was talking about, you know, coaches that championships don't mean anything anymore. Coaches will abandon their teams for the money. Brian Kelly doesn't need money. He's been coaching at Notre Dame for 12 years, making, you know, five yeah. plus a year or whatever it is. He's leaving Notre Dame because championships mean everything. Yep. Not because championships don't mean anything. It's because he knows he can't win a championship in this era, in this 
era, he can't win a championship at Notre Dame. The last three coaches at Louisiana State have won a national championship. They're all very different. The very last coach, you know, I I'm, I think he could spell his last name, but he wasn't, you know, mm. he wasn't at the top of the coaching heap, and he won a national championship. So I think Brian Kelly saw that. And if you want to blame anything here, blame the change in how we do recruiting. Because by moving the recruiting start date up, and I was, you know, I'm in favor, I was in favor of it, but these are the consequences with things, right? By moving it from the first Wednesday in February and now having the early signing day in December, that means teams need their coach now. So as soon as the season ends, you need to get your coach today. So he, Kelly had to come now. That was, I'm sure, a prerequisite in the job offer. And I don't, again, it's sports, it, you know, shamanade, you know, stuff happens. But <laughs> don't you think Brian Kelly did an objective, critical evaluation of his squad and said, this ain't, a, even, oh, yeah. if, even yeah. if we get the four seed, we're not winning a title. We're going to get kicked in the face again. Just like every other time we go there, just like every other time Oklahoma goes there. We don't have the guys to be able to compete with the guys that, you know, LSU and Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and, you know, some of the powerhouses that are winning the championships. You know, and Ohio State is, you know, lives on an island all by themselves, but you can throw them in that group as well. You went to Syracuse, and I think, you know, I went to Auburn. I think there are some similarities there, and that there are individual schools within that university that are world class, like journalism at Syracuse. I mean, it's it, mm-hmm. there isn't better than that, you know. Uh, did you have to take calculus? What was your major, by the way? And did you have to take calculus ever? History. Did you take I calculus? Did. I did. Calculus in high school. Yeah, okay, smarty pants. Because um, I had a degree in English <laughs> literature. I never took calculus. No, I don't, I've never used it since high school. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, hey, I me, didn't even use it when my kid was studying it. Did you have to take – you, did you have a math requirement as a history major? No. Like, like okay, because I had to I take – I think it was like basic math or algebra, but I tested out of it. All right, I had um, – again, English lit, but I had to take one math, one science, and then one of either. And I got a four-year degree, man. And they were like, yeah, you're an English literature major. You don't need – everybody at Notre Dame is taking calculus as an 18-year-old? No, thank yeah, you. I know. It, it is not an easy place to recruit players uh, to, you know. So, listen, I, I think at the end of the day, it just emphasizes how important winning is. All of these coaches make now more than enough oh, yeah. money. It's we've passed that Rubicon. It's not about the extra million dollars. I think I, I saw this person say, "Oh, if, if this guy gets paid twelve million dollars, Nick Saban makes another four million bucks." I'm, you really think Nick Saban cares about another four million bucks? Are you kidding me? The guy is like worth nine digits. It's he winning care about the next extra. championship. Yes. It's just winning another championship. That's uh, the only thing Kelly doesn't have. Unless I would say you're a chicken. Well, okay, I was about to say, because Lincoln Riley, there is one reason you leave a school like OU or specifically OU. One reason. Because mm. there's an mm. easier way to win a national championship. Exactly. Or there's just an easier way. So, you know, you uh, Oklahoma had won, has won how many? Six straight 12 championships yeah. until this year? Yep. 
so, you know, so and now with Oklahoma going into the SEC, Oklahoma will get more talent, right? But he's not going to be able to win like that. And the OU fans who have become accustomed to that will not be happy. So what does he do? He looks for the next OU opportunity, the next cakewalk opportunity, which is a rebuilding effort, right? A rebuilding effort at USC. Nobody's showing up at USC games right now. USC's an armpit of a, of a football program right now. He's going there where the bar is so low that he's guaranteed to succeed. And who's his competition in the Pac-12 South? And that, divi- yeah, and that division, uh, there should be no one. Utah. Utah should not compete with the USC football program. Exactly. So Utah is the only – so he goes from giving up Texas <laughs> to, to, you know, yep. Utah and maybe yep. having to play Oregon. So, you know, uh, listen, I guess if you're 35 and you're thinking, you know – that you want to do something where you're guaranteed that you have a paycheck for 10 or 12 years, and then you can make the jump into the NFL like Nick, and if it doesn't work out, you can still be a hero and come back, and you can work for you know 20 years. How much money do you need? Or, or you, can be, much- you can be Coach O and, and be as matter-of-fact about it as like, I got a check coming, I'm going to Destin. Yeah. He said, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a year off and go fish." I got a check coming. I'm good. Listen, uh, I, he, let me. All let me. these guys. The only thing that matters is winning the national championship. And if you've got to do it by going to USC, where you just keep getting shots at the brass ring, well, guess what? He got brass, He got shots at the brass ring, and he was at Oklahoma too, and he kept getting kicked in the face. Let me ask you, Saturday, uh, if there's a way. How is it? If there's a way for Bama, how is it? Well, it's Bama. So, you know, they're accustomed to winning. uh, And Georgia's not. So, and, you know, if you're a Georgia player or if you've got, you know, if if you're a fan of Georgia, you're used to Alabama ripping your heart out of your chest and stepping on it. So, you know, and that goes a long way when you're playing football with kids. Um, that being said, since the break, since Halloween, Alabama has played three SEC schools, LSU at home, Arkansas at home, and Auburn. The best of those three programs is Arkansas. They, who's not that good, but has had a, you know, by their standards, a, a solid season. They barely beat LSU at home. They barely beat Arkansas at home, and they should have lost to a bad Auburn team. This Alabama team is not good enough. And the interesting thing is, I wonder if, I heard someone else talking about this, for a lot of these programs like Ohio State and and Alabama, I wonder if the COVID situation, you know, I wonder – we should talk about this later in the offseason, mm-hmm. but I wonder if COVID 
and how it's impacted recruiting and how it's allowed teams to keep players and these sorts of things. I wonder if it's sort of negatively impacted Alabama a little bit more than the average program. But at the bottom line is this is the most complete team playing football, Georgia, the most complete team playing football right now. And Alabama is not a complete team. They haven't played a complete game all season. They have not played a complete game all season. So now they've got to go against a team that has almost played complete game in every game that they've played this season. What in God's name makes you think that it's going to be anything different in this game? It is an Everest standing in front of Alabama and saving. That is for sure. Uh, but I, I just, and so I'm with you. What, what I lead with, and there are other things I'll tell you about Jameis Williams, Bryce Young, whatever. But what I lead with is it's Bama and Saban, and it's normal for them to win this game. So, Russ, yeah. appreciate you as and always, brother. Long, Go ahead. That goes a long way for the kids on the field. It goes a long way. But I think I think this is going to be – that front six for Georgia is the best front six I've seen in my career spanning 30 – excuse me, spanning three decades. Did you have to take a science class at Syracuse? I, I I think I did, man. I, it was all a big haze. <laughs> it was all a big haze. It's so long ago. I barely even remember. Barely even remember. But you got out of there, though, with a degree. To, I choose I choose not to remember. Let's just put it that way. I choose to have it be a, just a vague blur. I cannot recall. That's the language. Russ, appreciate you, brother. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Russ Thank Mitchell you. again, Goodbye. college football news, Heisman voter, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, mine was I took college algebra. MA 140. It was Sol for X. Um, I took Geology of the Planets. I was like, there's only nine of them. How hard can it be? Uh, and then I took a biology lab where I had to dissect a cat. So other than that, uh, that was literally four years and one science, one math, and then one of either. Dan, you got some? Theories of coaching baseball, track, and soccer was one of mine. But, yes, I, I did take uh, accounting for non-business majors. That was one that sufficed. Um, Just to check the box. That's it. No, that, trust me. Most of my academic career, it was basically, what do I need to be able to meet the requirements for? Okay, that's good enough. Check the hey, box, move down the road, yeah. The, the, the diploma did come in the mail after the fake one was given to me on the stage. Even if I have the bad dreams about I missed a test, I'm late to school, I got dropped from said class, and I have failed for the semester, so now my parents are going to be very upset. None of that comes true. Shake with the right, take with the left. All right, we're going to break, wrap up on a Wednesday next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. I arrived here in December 1, 1998. There was something to be concerned about. Four straight years without a winning record. No bowl games. Two years later, we were 13-0 and and won the national championship. This place is in a hell of a lot better shape than it was in December 1, 1998. Bob Stoops. Full beard, right? Yeah. And does not look like the same man. Oh. Um, now, it's not David. Have you seen David Letterman lately? It, yeah. Like, he's not, you know. David, you know what that is? That's David Letterman saying. I don't care. I, I had to be clean for about 50 years. 
ain't got to be clean anymore. Um, that's not that. But Bob Stoops don't look like Bob Stoops very much anymore. However, he is the interim coach, and he's kind of like the latter-day Barry Alvarez, and he'll, he will step in while this kind of unfolds. Um, but that's him talking about OU football and the position they're in. And it's a great spot. Now, it's about to get a little not murkier. It'll get more difficult because the level of competition is about to rise, even from a Power 5 conference to another. But um, Bob Stoops talking about where OU is. I almost feel like there are people who, like, they have been something for so long that they look forward to being something else, like athletes. Have you ever noticed that former basketball players or middle infielders and shortstop, the same thing, uh, center fielders in baseball, that once they're done, they balloon? Like, they're kind of like, I don't have to work out hard anymore. I don't have to eat right and everything. Like, I kind of want to enjoy life. I saw a picture of Will Smith a couple of months back, and he's like, I just decided to go dab bod. Because Will Smith, I'm going to guess he is, I'm going to say Will Smith is 50 years old. That's a guess. Did you see Ali? Wow. Uh, a lot of other roles, as a matter of fact. Will Smith has been this kind of, at times, he's always been in shape. He has been in shape to ripped. I haven't. But his normal window was like the lower end, the, lo- the, the, the low end bracket was in shape all the way up to just shredded. Um, and now Will Smith's like, yeah, I'm going to let it go a little bit. So good for Bob Stoops. I want to tell everybody that um, coming up Saturday, I'm going to be down at the SEC championship game. Uh, we will give everybody full coverage of that. Uh, certainly um, all day Friday will be, and we'll cover the other games as well. I will make sure that Pitt and Wake Forest, you know what's going on. Um, and I I promise. We, pro- we may not have a guest, but uh, I promise for Pitt Wake Forest, you, you'll know what's going on. Um, for all the championship games, you'll know what's going on, but we're going to deep dive on Alabama uh, and Georgia, certainly uh, with all of the guests on Friday, and make sure everybody's ready for that. Uh, with a lot of folks who are actually coming into town for the game and seeing if any of that uh, is in-person, one-on-one, anything. So, again, that's our coverage the rest of the week. Dan Matthews coming up in here in just a second. But there's one thing that I want to talk about a little bit more. Earlier this week, just because of the the – the depths that Georgia Tech has reached with Jeff Collins, and they're not a program worth talking about a lot. They have to distinguish themselves. Well, they distinguished themselves in 14 by winning the Orange Bowl. They distinguished themselves this year. They just finished the third straight season with three wins. There always is a choice involved, and it would benefit Georgia Tech to make a choice here. All right, the Southwest Conference, go Wikipedia and read and find out. Southwest Conference was as great a conference as there was in college football. National championships, Heismans, all of it. Rice helped found the Southwest Conference in 1915, and the Owls were members of the best conference in the game for 82 years. And now they're not, and it's okay for everyone. Rice made a choice. They're like, yeah, when the Southwest Conference dissolved, and we're not going to be invited to the big one anyway, and so we will accept our place, and we'll be on Conference USA or wherever it is we are. Well, that'll be Rice. That'll be... uh, uh, rice football um conversely wake forest figured it out for instance even in 2021 with the portal and name image likeness and clemson in the atlantic and all of that wake has kept others away from its coach it's invested in facilities and recruiting and whatever else is a way that at least for this season they figured it out figured out david shaw won 82 games his first eight seasons at stanford northwestern's won 10 games three times in the past decade nine games another season that's what those programs chose. Leaving the ACC, that's not a real conversation. So that's not the choice. 
figuring out whatever is missing from the program, that's the choice. Whether it's doing a full Gator Bowl thing where you tear down 90% of the stadium and rebuild it, uh, give the coach a helicopter, I don't know, a chocolate fountain in the lobby, whatever it takes, because the current choices are not working for a program that absolutely can. It's as bad as I have seen it in my lifetime right now at Georgia Tech. What's up, Dan? At Texas Tech, they have an oil pump jack in the lobby. of. So, hey, you know Whatever what? West Texas. Takes. Yeah, West Texas. You got to uh, play the part. The Piper is coming for Georgia, and I think it's a good thing. Now, Nick Saban, usually every three or four years, and coincidentally, it's when he wins a national title, he gets hit with a nice little contract extension. And people say, did the years necessarily matter? No, more or less. It's a, we've got the best coach in college football. Let's show him he's the best coach in college football. The same deal, win or lose for Georgia, if they are able to run the string here and go 15-0 and this season. Josh Brooks is going into Kirby Smart's office, putting a contract in front of him and making him if not the highest paid one of the highest paid for two reasons number one he wants to keep a great relationship with kirby because kirby talks about it all the time the relationship with the president the ad the entire university the other part as well thank you Thank you for doing the part that you said you were going to come here to do of taking us past the 10 wins this season, getting maybe to the SEC championship game, but not necessarily winning it. It is going to be a thank you, but it's also going to be a, we want to keep this relationship good. Seems to be the uh, habit now at places without nearly as much success in the immediate or sustained over the last four or five seasons. Wraps it up on a Wednesday, folks. I'll be back tomorrow. I promise I will with more college football conversation right here on the Chuck Oliver Show. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.